Hello everyone, my name is Michael and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Climate. And we start off with this week's climate numbers. 100,000, that is the amount of jobs that the fossil fuel sector lost between March and August 2020 in the US. And 50,000, that is the amount of lives spared every year if we stopped fossil fuel driven pollution. And minus 10%, that's the drop in methane emissions in 2020 compared to 2019 due to reduced fossil fuel production. And 14 out of 20, that is the number of the largest cities in the world that already today suffer from water scarcity. 66%, that is the total world population that will be impacted by water scarcity in 2025. And 16%, that is the share of energy consumption of a home related to water usage. Okay, let's just be honest. This episode is more US heavy than usual, obviously due to President Biden being sworn in. Lots of reactions, lots of hopes, lots of dreams, but also lots of action on his first day. Let's see where this goes. But don't worry, there's also plenty of non-US stuff this week. News you can't miss. Here's one scary or bad, good, interesting, and fossil fuel news item. And we start off with the scary one. 50,000 lives would be spared every single year in the EU if we stopped polluting our air with fossil fuels and other pollutants. And now for the good one. The best news this week is that the US democracy managed to remove a deadly tumor. And Chris tries perhaps a bit too soon to make us all laugh at the ridiculous thing that tumor said. And an interesting one. Author David Wallace Wells, while known for his quite doom and gloomy book, The Uninhabitable Earth, he wrote a quite balanced review of 2020 on the climate side in New York magazine. And a fossil fuel news item. Amy Westerwell kills the off-news argument by fossil fuel proponents that stopping fossil fuel production will kill jobs. Status update on climate and science. Let's look at how we're doing this week. Earlier on, we have discussed the fact that ocean heat waves are very likely to come back and perhaps even become permanent. A new study released indicates that the same will happen to lakes, expecting heat waves to be 3 to 12 times longer and causing temperature increases of up to 1.7 degrees Celsius. And the new study published in Nature is the first study to examine the combined effect of greenhouse gas emissions, which cause heating, and air pollution from aerosols, which causes a cooling, and indicates that had we not polluted the air so much, the total average temperature since the industrial area would have increased by up to 2 degrees centigrade instead of 1 degree centigrade, as is the case today. And a new version of IEA's Methane Tracker report revealed that although the world's methane emissions dropped by 10% in 2020, the report highlights that the world governments are nowhere near solving the problems with methane. The primary cause of the methane drop in 2020 was reduced methane leaks from oil and gas production due to COVID. A new report released alongside the Methane Tracker provides a political roadmap for politicians worldwide for how to tackle this problem. And finally, it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere, so that means no more wildfires, right? Well, no. Strong winds in California just started a bunch of wildfires around Santa Cruz. California's fire season is really all year round. And now the seven grand challenges. 
Decarbonize electricity. Clean electricity is the one do or die challenge we must solve. And all the rest of them. China doubled its wind and solar capacity installed in 2020 compared to 2019. It installed 71 gigawatts of wind alone, which is more than the entire world added in 2019, which was 60 gigawatts. However, despite the heavy renewables push, China still builds a lot of coal power plants. And the president of the European Investment Bank proclaimed last week that fossil gas is over in the EU. This comes as the bank laid out its annual results for 2020. The bank planned to completely drop support for fossil fuel projects by 2021. However, the bank's roadmap still allows fossil gas plants to be installed as long as they pollute less than 200 grams per kilowatt. It should be pointed out that this will very likely still allow fossil gas pipelines as well as fossil fuel power plants to be built as long as the latter will be built with carbon capture and storage. And I've addressed air pollution many times in this newsletter, highlighting how the health benefits alone would warrant stopping fossil fuel-related emissions. And now an EU-based study concludes similarly that reducing air pollution to WHO limits would prevent 50,000 deaths every year in Europe. And while bashing Australia for their non-existing climate targets is one thing, see later, it would appear that market forces in Australia are saying another thing, unless I'm mistaken. Rooftop solar is driving high growth in renewable energy output in Australia. Still, actual production numbers are low. Coal power output is four times that of renewable energy in Australia. Reduce impact of urban and rural areas. Lowering the impact of urban and rural areas via decoupling and or degrowing. A look at e-bikes and in particular a new e-bike conversion kit that enable people to convert their existing bike into an e-bike. The hope of course is that this will lead more people to take the bike. And related, although a different mode of transport, a company has since 2012 converted old Volvos from internal combustion engine cars to electric vehicles. I think the idea is interesting and could potentially speed up the process of converting all cars to electric vehicles and stop us from sending the used internal combustion engine cars to the developing world. And a Forbes author looks at how homeowners and builders must prepare to live with water scarcity and discusses solutions for newly built homes to help inhabitants conserve water, taking average water usage down from 500 liters per day to 50 liters per day. And finally, recently I read an article that I couldn't find today, sadly, about how plastic recycling is another fossil fuel industry propaganda campaign to get us to buy more plastic. And this week, How to Save a Planet dives into that topic. Clean, non-electrifiable activities. Some activities we do today can't be electrified. These must be cleaned some other way. And we start with a great short guide to how hydrogen-based aviation would work, along with a quick overview of the current technologies that are under development. And Eartha highlights an important part that seems to be missing from Biden's climate plan, plastic. Not only is plastic a fossil fuel product that for that reason alone must be eliminated, but is also severely threatens our ecosystems, as I'm sure you know. Protect and grow nature. Nature is our ally. We must protect it and help it help us. A new study published in Nature revealed that global forests absorb twice the amount of carbon they emit every year, but also raises warnings regarding some forests whose carbon sink ability are weakening, such as the fact that we only have one rainforest left that remains a strong carbon sink. You've heard about lab-grown meat, but lab-grown trees? Isn't that just the same as planting a tree in the lab? Well, no. 
A group of researchers at MIT are experimenting with techniques to produce wood fiber artificially. This is done in order to ease the environmental toll of logging to produce various wood-based products. Climate justice. Without justice, there is no future. A new study has found that rich countries overreported their spending on climate adaptation donations to developing countries. For instance, the World Bank counted financial support to Nepal to rebuild from an earthquake as climate adaptation. And this put things in perspective as developed countries' climate adaptation investment in developing countries are already $70 billion short every year. And two Australian coal power plants have been accused of manipulating energy markets to increase their own profit. 46,000 Australians have joined a class action lawsuit against their coal power plants. And the rapidly falling prices of rooftop solar has enabled more middle-class income households to add solar to their roof. However, low-income households are still left out despite the price drops. A study published in Nature looks at the policies and business models that might allow more low-income households to get access to rooftop solar. And OECD will investigate three mining giants, Glencore, BHP and Anglo-American, for serious human rights violations in relation to the Querion open pit coal mine located in the La Guajira region in Colombia. The mine has been operating for 30 years and has been long been accused of human rights violation, severe environmental degradation and forced evictions of mainly people from the indigenous Wayu tribe. Drawdown. Removing carbon from the atmosphere one way or another, just not the fossil fuel ways. Elon Musk said in a tweet last week that he will donate $100 million to find the best carbon capture technology. I'm personally a bit meh on this one, as we kind of already know the solution to this, and so far the math for existing engineered carbon capture solutions doesn't really make much sense. Still, I guess I can't hurt with more research in this area. And now for all the other stuff that we couldn't fit into any other category than the other category. The Green New Deal has been on everybody's lips since 2019 and earlier. And in this article, Chris go into detail about what individuals can do to support the Green New Deal. Although it focused on the US version, the tips provided should apply to the EU Green Deal as well. And Chris tries perhaps a bit too soon to make us all laugh at that ridiculous phase of the US presidency headed by Trump by drawing 10 of his biggest lies about the climate crisis. They are actually really funny, but then again, not really. Think about the fact that we live in a world where lies such as these are actually uttered by the most powerful politicians in the world. And Davis Wallace Wells, author of The Inhabitable Earth, provides a detailed look at what we achieved in 2020 on the climate change front. It's a long but highly interesting read, too long to make any meaningful summary of here. And now for special topics. U.S. presidential election. We have a special interest in covering the U.S. election as Biden's action may or may not give the world hope in a world that's really starved for it. With Biden sworn in last week, this concludes our focus on the U.S. presidential election. Phew. Instead, we launch a new special topic called global and local policy, which will cover, you guessed it, major global and local policy developments. And now, major carbon emitters. We have a special interest in covering the moving of the major carbon emitters, as these are the key roadblock to climate action. 
Just prior to Biden taking office, two major fossil fuel projects were dealt big blows. One fossil gas terminal that would have exported fossil gas to Asia and a fossil gas to methanol project. And more corporate climate hypocrisy. Heated tears into the companies that are saying they can't do anything about the support of climate deniers, but clearly can do plenty to stop supporting politicians who supported the capital invasion a couple of years ago. And last week, I referred to a story in Danish media about how China is saying that it pushes for a green energy transition while it's building a lot of coal power plants in remote areas of the country. And here's an English story capturing the same problem, although without the harassment of the Danish journalist. And Amy Westerwald shatters the often used argument by fossil fuel proponents that ditching fossil fuels will kill jobs. In this article, she dives deep into the rubbish of the arguments and puts a compelling case that a renewable energy push will create more jobs than the fossil fuel sector is doing. Global and local policy. We have a special interest in covering the major global and local policies regarding climate, whether good or bad. On his first day in the office, Biden cancelled two of the most damaging fossil fuel projects in the US. The Keystone XL pipeline is shipping dirty Canadian tar sand oils to the Gulf Coast and drilling the Arctic Wildlife Refuge. And here you can read inside Climate News analysis of what that means for the energy transition and Dismark block also weighs in. Everyone working for climate action holds their breath and hope that this really does signal a change in political climate action. While Biden can kill fossil fuel infrastructure projects, he can't necessarily roll back all the environmental protections that Trump revoked very fast. Some expect that rules imposed by Trump could be in effect most of Biden's first term. And he draws an interesting line between the Republicans who spread disinformation about Biden's victory and the Republicans who publicly denies climate change. And a U.S. court has killed Trump's attempted rollback of Obama-era policies for regulating coal power plants. The policy would have given coal power plants some crutches during its death spiral, but these crutches have now been removed. And the mood among EU politicians is that obviously everyone is happy to see President Biden sworn in, but it's also obvious that the U.S. has a ton of internal problems that is threatening to taking much of Biden's attention away from essential topics such as climate change. Essential global topics, I should of course add. EU has made it clear that it will not wait for the U.S. to catch up. And the Australian government is well known for dragging its feet when it comes to climate change. Most recently, the government proclaimed a gas-led recovery from COVID, which is obviously a terrible idea. Already, Australia is having a very high carbon footprint per capita due to their many coal power plants, and it is hoped that Australia will be forced to change course with a strong climate action shown from Biden. That's it for this week, folks. Remember, if you're feeling down, angry, or sad from some of the news in this newsletter, one cure is to act. And one way you can always act that also happens to be one of the most powerful things you can do is to talk about it. That also works if what you just read made you hopeful or happy, by the way. If you enjoyed this newsletter, don't forget to share it with your friends, co-workers, or other people you think could benefit from getting it. If you got directed here by a friend or another link on the internet, don't forget to subscribe. See you all next week.